Uh, good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. And I'm Chris. And we are here, dishevelled and not in the mood to record and be lively because we have just watched Adam's birthday choice of Kill List. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> it's, the, it's, uh, it's definitely a party film. It's like the visual equivalent of Abba Gold. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's all the hits. See, I was going to say Ruined is... Is yeah. what it's done to me. Oh well, you see, that's that's what I think it seeks to achieve. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it achieves it well. Yes, it's like when uh, it's like when people go on about oh, see, yeah. you're not meant to enjoy listening mm-hmm. to our music, which is always <laughs> that lovely moment. Where it's, uh, although I do think Public Enemy was the best one, which was it's, we wanted to make music that your girlfriend would hate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the midst of all the sort of political sort of um, vanguard side of it and everything else like that, there's still an element of childishness of, yes, you fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have a row in the car, we're listening to this. <laughs> oh, talking of rows between couples, that's what we've just endured for an hour and a half. I think we should mention the passing of Dick Miller. Yes. Which was last week. Um, Dick Miller, who is a, a seam of. Uh, gold running through the rock of horror because he's been there since year dot yeah doing his thing and being brilliant um obviously because he started off with a lot of the Roger Corman stuff in the sort of 50s and 60s yeah. then he's in terminator he's in gremlins he's in so much sort of stuff just going on it was almost it almost got to the point where it was like the third generation of filmmakers who grew up watching him were booking him to be in films yeah. because he'd been he'd, his career had just spanned that length of time, and it's a real shame because he seemed like a he did seem like a very nice man as well as uh, yeah yeah as well as a, an icon of horror. Um, yeah. I, oddly enough, I watched a film last weekend just before I heard I was I was halfway through watching a film when um, when I read about it online. Mm. Um, I was watching Evil Tombs, which. Um, Turned out to be less, of, well, less of a horror and more of a kind of boob comedy. <laughs> really, um, is is that a category? Boob comedies, yeah, is yeah. So, boob comedy. have, have I been missing out? So films like uh, Porky's and oh, I see, all yeah. those type of comedies with a, a sexual element to it, with just lots of. But there was a lot of it in the eighties. T and A comedies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. You can laugh, and you'll also see at least six pairs of breasts. Yeah, I'm uh, thinking a six tit story, maybe <laughs> even seven. <laughs> um, yeah, so it turned out to be one of those, but it, it had Dick Miller in it, and it had um, David Carradine in it as oh, well. Right, okay. Um, so I was convinced it was going to be uh, a touch classier than it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; I still made it to the end because it was kind of amusing how bad it was, but. Um, and there were breasts, and there was there was a lot of boobs. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was kind of amusing, and Dick Miller was fantastic in it. As per, as per. Mm. Um. So what else have you been watching, Adam? Um, I've watched. Well, I uh, spurred on by our good friend uh, Pinball Bobby as I was having a of uh, Not For Everyone podcast. I was having a chat with him about the series Masters of Horror. And yonks ago, I lent it out and came back without cigarette burns. All the other discs were in there, but cigarette burns by John oh. Carpenter was was not there. Oh. Could have lost probably, I don't know, there's about five other films in that. You'd have lost it. I wouldn't have given a shit. <laughs> but cigarette burns went. So 
I bought myself a second-hand copy to replace the disc, and then just found myself going through some old Masters of Horror. So I watched, um, and this is all like the first series, Volume One. Um, so I've watched um, Cigarette Burns, uh, Dreams in the Witch House, which was the Stuart Gordon one. Uh, Sick Girl, the one by the woman uh, by the director of May. Uh, sort of others, I think. Um, but uh, one of the uh, main things I rewatched Dear Woman, the John Landis film, yes. and Claire joined me for that. Hey, and she said that was fucking mental, but it was really good. <laughs> um, featured uh, featured good boobs and um, uh, hilarious. Uh, it was the, uh, the the sequence with where he's trying to formulate what happened in the deer attacks where he yes. just is imagining stuff and it keeps cutting back to him thinking just going retarded <laughs> stupid yeah and um yeah so she really uh she really enjoyed dear woman so uh again i was able to assure her that that was more, far more comedy than it was horror yes um so is she increasing in her yeah view? she watched uh we watched uh, bride of frankenstein mm-hmm. which she really enjoyed especially the um just i mean the sheer campness of Dr. Pretorius I mean it's incredible <laughs> although there was um, Ted has started he's forming words he doesn't know what mm. they are or anything else like that um, and he was very quietly saying daddy oh. and then he he started he got louder and while I was dealing with him sort of dealing with him but I was uh, looking after him like in the morning and like uh, give Claire a lie in mm. And he'd got louder, and so when she came in, I said, "Look at the uh, sort of like he was sort of chattering away," and she was like, "Oh wow!" And I just went, "Yes, there have been some developments since you last saw him." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and then on a horror tract, we then watched uh, *Curse of Frankenstein*, the Hammer film, because yes. it was kind of like going through the sort of iterations of Frankenstein yep. probably won't bother showing her uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because it's yeah um, yeah it's a, it, yeah it definitely isn't a strong entry into the uh, um, but as we're on the subject we yep. did discuss last time that we were going to put together a list mm. for um, Claire to watch mm-hmm. so here is my list Adam I will See what your opinions are of these two choices. Ah, uh, could I? Okay. So, well, Bride of Frankenstein, well, yep, you yep. have already seen. Yeah. Uh, Abominable Doctor Fibes, I thought, is camp and humorous enough, and that, he pits that. Yeah. That fun, well. Funnily enough, that was definitely one I was thinking of showing her anyway. Excellent. The other great thing with Doctor Fibes is. Um, uh, which is another selling point for her is that there is a roundtable discussion by the League of Gentlemen on the Blu-ray uh, ah. talking about it. I also think I'm going to show her at some if she likes that. I'll also show a Theatre of Blood. Yes, um, and that has a full-blown commentary by the League of Gentlemen on it. Wow, and it's really good. Not as good as Blood on Satan's Claw. That is, they did a uh, commentary track on that, mm. which is incredible just because it is so pissing funny oh, really? <laughs> and the way that it all just degenerates down into like they're all like sort of 12 and it's like sort of Mark Gatiss is the one trying to be mature and sort of like not get involved and Jeremy Dyson is the lying kid who told you 
who claimed everything and had seen everything and done everything. <laughs> and Reece Shearsmith's the gullible kid who's going, really? What? Yeah. <laughs> Including the story of a woman in a suit taking a shit up a tree. Which which is just the the thing that got me about that is Reece Shearsmith's reaction is, what? Not even a wee? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I'll definitely... Yeah, so that was good. Ghoulies? Uh, uh, yeah, Ghoulies. Yep. Again, I thought uh, mm. 80s cheese. Yeah. Um, again, it was, it was harder than I thought, actually, trying to come up with films that are good, that cover all the elements of horror, mm. but are missing the tension. So a lot of them are kind of 80s comedy-ish. Yeah, but then I think that's a good. I think that's a good sort of thing. I think that's. I think you've gone the right way about it because Ghoulies is very is very representative of the eighties. Yeah, and but it doesn't. You know, you don't have to be. You don't shit yourself for the duration. Exactly. There's no edge of your seat stuff. Uh, Follow that up with Baba Hotep. Perfect. Because again, that was something I wanted to show. Just because, from my point of view, I can sell to someone just on the Elvis story. Yes. More than anything else, you know, it's <laughs> and like it's Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, Elvis didn't die. He um, swapped places with a lookalike who died, and now he can't go back to being Elvis. So he's stuck in a nursing home as an elderly Elvis, and he hooks up with John F. Kennedy's brain, which has been placed into the body of a black man in a wheelchair to fight a mummy. Yeah, you know, I can sell that. Who wouldn't want to see that film? I know, there's there's some trouble out there. Basically, people who don't want to see that film need a slap. (laughs) Uh, Return of the Living Dead. Again, Uh, that's a good... Again, comedy, it's a classic. It's it's loud and boisterous and glaring, and I thought she'd enjoy that. Dracula AD 1972. Again, perfect, because I think there was an... I mean, fortunately, it was the earlier Hammer that we watched mm. but I think that's a very good introduction to where what sort of insight into where Hammer goes yeah because um, that was the one thing she was shocked about it's just how young Peter Cushing was yes and it's like for the first time yes because every <laughs> other time you see Peter Cushing he's Peter Cushing he's yeah. but her whole sort of thing of him is Grand Moff Tarkin essentially yeah yeah uh so yeah in that i mean she was she, i mean he does i mean he's got like a quiff and sideboards he almost looks like a teddy boy in the first in yeah, that first does. frankenstein film so it's quite yeah, yeah. kind of eerie almost <laughs> i think she was also very pleased that christopher lee didn't speak because at that point i think she was like well the monster's just going to be christopher lee isn't it that's that's all it will be and it's yes. like no he doesn't speak so just, <laughs> you get to find out what a great physical actor he is precisely and, it is uh, a fantastic he does a fantastic job in that role i've got to say considering as you say it's purely his physicality mm. and there's no uh, no speech involved it's, i think uh, it's it's cuz it's weird as well cuz he's got such a resonant voice that's kind of what you book him for mm. yeah but he can do you know he can he he's, he's a good physical actor so yeah. it sort of works out that way um, and she was also really taken with a dress that um, Hazel Court's wearing in it at one point. She was like, we were just sitting there, and it's sort of like one of the drawing room scenes where none of the action's going on, and suddenly she piped up with, I'd wear the fuck out of that dress. <laughs> so, yeah. Good girl. Yeah. So, yeah, AD 1972, I think that's a great idea. Excellent. Uh, after that, I put The Voices. Oh, is that the uh, Ryan... Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds one. Yes. Um it, yeah, that'd be good because I've not seen that myself either. So. It's brilliant. It's got the talking dog and talking cat, which will definitely sell her on it. Yeah. Um, it. I, I think it's. It is kind of 
disturbing, but not in a tense way. No. Um, and it's got a really good twist, and it's it's just a fantastic film. Yeah. You saw it, didn't you, Chris, and found it? The voice, yes. Yes. Yeah, Paul yeah no, that, that was really good. Hmm. Yeah, that was the first time I saw Ryan Reynolds. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's good instruction to him. Yeah. And the dance Well, she, she loves she loves Deadpool anyway, so mm. that's yeah. like, yeah. Um, after that, the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. She may have seen that because she's quite. A, she's seen like a lot of Tim Burton. Okay. Like, she loves like Nightmare Before Christmas and um, stuff like that. So she may have seen that actually anyway. But okay. again, that is. I I think you're right. That's mm. that's perfectly pitched level. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's just it's got it's got that fantastic aesthetic and it has got a little bit of tension I've sort of got gone upwards with the tension in yeah. slightly as we've gone yeah I was wondering that I was trying to work out it's, the, the progression yeah as I say it's, none of them are tense that was the point we never wanted to get above like three on a scale of ten right. of tension so I like, I did see Sleepy Hollow in the cinema Toby did I yeah yeah okay um, and I, I don't remember it fully now but it, it was quite dark and it it is. So it's kind of I, more fairy tale, yeah. Okay. really. Oh, yeah. So it's not too tense in the. No, I mean, and not only that, but also I think it probably is quite a good thing that it's it's going to be more. Why has Christopher Walken filed his teeth rather than <laughs> oh, that's a scary man? Yes. So you know, Again, like you say, it's the fact that it's going to be lots of actors that she knows already mm. as well, mm. which yeah. you're saying makes her more. Oh yeah, tense, definitely. Because so. I think that's. You know, um, I think the majority of stuff, like I say, with the League of Gentlemen, anything that they do. I mean, we watch Inside Number Nine. There is no way she would watch a lot of the stories of Inside Number Nine or the more supernatural ones. I don't think she'd watch if it was just like a one-off a thing, Tales of the Unexpected, or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, uh, mind you, I mean, she we, she's very good with um, like with Black Mirror as well, which obviously there's a lot of horror elements. I mean, she watched the. Uh, the one with uh, playback, the one with Kurt Russell's son. Yeah, 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 and stuff. Uh, so See, that's you know, definitely horror, and that, that definitely is, is yeah. horror that is meant to scare you. Yeah. You know, so it's all sort of playing in. Yeah, so excellent. Uh, I followed that up with the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, again, eighties classic. I think also that's one of those like ones. Yeah, I think that's also <laughs> one of those ones where, uh, well, not only that, it's got um, uh, Bill from Bill and Ted in it. So that's the selling point immediately, really? anyway, because <laughs> um, she loves Bill and Ted. But oh, um, uh, but yeah, also I think the Lost Boys has a um, that's one of those ones that is in so many other things yeah. that you kind of need to have so it there that, just as a keystone for yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean? It's, it's for reference to for, other things to a lot that, of other things, yeah. and not only that, but also she gets to see that lovely moment where um, you're playing the saxophone, Lee. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. Yeah, <laughs> got all his, got all his, uh, his all oiled up, all, all uh, oiled up, nowhere to go with his bits out and his <laughs> and his chunky chain and oh, silver trues. I'll have to watch it again. Blasting his sax. <laughs> He's got an album coming out called Sexual Harassment. <laughs> oh, and then and then Critters. Yes. Yeah, which is perfect. Again, I think that would be utterly. You know, I think that would be good. Not only that, but also they swear, which is fun. Uh, so. Yes, very fun. <laughs> and it, um, but yeah, it, so that has got more tension, which is why it's at the mm. very top end. Yeah, but it again, does also have a lot of comedy elements, so it's a nice balance. Yeah, I 
thing. To drop the tension in between the scenes. So I thought that one would work. So that is my list of that's, homework mm, for Claire. That's brilliant. Yeah, and as I say, I mean, she's already completed assignment one because we've watched The Bride of Frankenstein. So. Fantastic. And some extracurriculars on there. On, on the speaking of you uh, mentioned with uh, the voices of the twist, um, in the, on the subject of what a twist, uh, I watched Unbreakable. Oh. Uh, because... Basically, they've now sold me three films on the basis that it's an expanded universe. Yes. Because I do like an expanded universe. The only one I'm not really that bothered about is Marvel, and I've come to the conclusion that's probably because it, I'm used to the comics. Yeah. So, in a way, that's not a novelty to me because the comics always crossed always, over. Yeah. You know, there was always sort of like everyone jumped in and sort of this, and Secret Wars and stuff like that, and the same with really the same with the DC universe. Badly done in movies. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I watched Unbreakable and I watched Split. Now, it's funny you say that. Jennifer and I watched Split last Saturday for the first time and then watched Unbreakable on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah for much the same reason in preparation for Glass. Yeah, I do want to see Glass now, I was yeah. told last night by Darnie that it is crap. Right, OK. Um, it has received quite a lot of uh, bad reviews, to be honest. Yeah. Um but it's, it's an interesting thing just to see the mechanics of making an expanded universe from the basis of... Because it's weird, because Unbreakable predates a lot of um, superhero movies, or certainly the explosion of superhero movies. Yeah. So it doesn't even come into the sort of, oh, it was done at a time when that's all that was out there. Yeah. And then Split which still feeds into it, has the strangest sort of thing of it's a hidden superhero film. Yes. But also, I like the idea, I think, uh, I, I'm not sure if they mentioned Split particularly, but they were, I was reading an article where because they, they were talking about the new Joker film that's coming out with, um, oh, uh, Wackin' Phoenix. Yes. And they were saying that it's interesting that when you do a film, for if you do a film where it's the villain most comic book villains kind of would make it a horror film. Yeah. And it's kind of what Split is, is that Split is... It's like you're building up your superhero universe, but the first one was kind of like, on really on the back of The Sixth Sense, mm. where it's like, oh, I've done a mystery with Bruce Willis. <laughs> you know? And then, oh, just happens to be... But also rather cleverly done, because it's kind of all about... Samuel L. Jackson's character's perception yeah. of everything and then Split is like a backdoor villain introduction it's like the villain's origin story but we just did it as a straight horror film Yeah, but I really I really liked Split I thought it was fucking great James McAvoy is absolutely unbelievable in that film he's the scene at the end when he's when the character's when all of his oh, personalities yeah, are having a conversation and he's snapping from one to the other. It's absolutely yeah, when unbelievable. It's, it's Dennis, Patricia and Hedwig. Yes. And they and it's just done through the mirrors and stuff like yeah. that. That looked there, yeah, that was really great. But also, I did have to say, his uh, the the Patricia personality yeah. really reminded me of Mark Gatiss. Because <laughs> it was just how Mark Gatiss plays women. Yeah. Sort of slightly Stood up and very quite posh, <laughs> and then it was, she was just a bit Scot she was a bit Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I I absolutely loved, um, and I also loved the bit where it was just the uh, where Patricia's looking after the girls and like feeding them, and keeps coming out with animal facts. 
Yeah. And then when it's revealed that it's actually in a zoo, it all makes it sense. makes sense because they've just been walking around and clocking the uh, cards by all the exi- like all the yeah. animal cages where they always have like the the Himalayan bee. Yeah, can eat up to sixteen times its natural size and fight a camel. <laughs> did you know that? It's got, but the other thing I did notice this time um, with Unbreakable, which I didn't notice so much last time, yeah, is that it does feel like a setup for something because. It t- it takes the whole the entire film is the setup for him obviously yeah. that, and that doesn't happen until the last ten minutes of the movie. So yeah, it, the whole thing is prep, and then the actual payoff is such a small element. You think, well, that should be the whole film. So it yeah. makes perfect sense that it's it's going into a larger universe. Because it's sad because I didn't watch it. The, I didn't watch it when it first came out. It was it was a film that I did want to see, mm. but again, it was just it. I never got round to it, and then. M. Night Shalomalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalal
Now, Adam, have mother. you seen Mother yet? No, I have not seen okay. Mother yet. I saw her earlier when I dropped <laughs> off the boy. But uh, no, I've not seen the film. In that case, we'll not That does spoil make it, it. yeah. Um, um, sorry. So, right. I kind of know the plot, though. Yeah. It's one of those ones where, unfortunately, a lot has come out that has... I can kind of infer what's going on. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, the same reason that I knew Split linked up to Yeah, yeah. Unbreakable and think it was again just like a passing thing and it was like, ah fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I wouldn't have watched I probably wouldn't have watched Split without that, so or Unbreakable and I enjoy both. So. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um so what did you make? Yeah, of okay, well I'll give my impression then. Um so I I just love Darren Aronofsky's style, you know, just the way he um, shoots everything. Mm. It, I, I find it really draws me in to uh, like feeling what the character is going through. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like the confusion that he he shows. Um, like you're trying to figure out what's going on with them. Mm. I just think he does that really well. Um, I, I can't say I fully understood what happened <laughs> because it, I can't. I couldn't tell if it's like what is absolutely real in it mm. at the very end it's like I think is is this definitely see that was what literal a, that was what annoyed me as well so okay. the, the first half so the first act of it was obviously really uncomfortable and it's, was yeah. Jennifer turned to me and went it's your worst nightmare yeah. really, isn't it I was like yeah it is house guests who will not go away it was just <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I found that really uncomfortable. On a, but yeah, then the second act... So I sat with this notepad with mm. me the entire time. Um, and at about an hour and 15 minutes, I've just written pretentious dog shit and then <laughs> decided to write no more notes because that was how I felt about the film. Uh, I just didn't think it... Like, yeah, as you say, at the end of it, didn't... It didn't make any. It didn't do anything for me. I was and well, I didn't like it. So we've discussed this quite a lot because I think sometimes you know you say it's great when it doesn't explain anything. So it does depend on I suppose what else happened as to whether that's a satisfying result. But that not could, to explain anything. But the problem, well, no, like I, I, if some if an element is left unresolved as part of the story, then that's fine. But uh, the problem I had with that, as you say, is. It couldn't have actually happened as it happened yeah. because that wouldn't physically have been possible. So therefore, what was it supposed to be? And I don't fully understand its purpose. So, so my best thought um, is that he is some sort of a a Jesus type. So this is that I was discussing it with Darnie last night, and that was mm. what he said. What really annoyed me is that nobody got that it's just the story of the Bible, and I was like. Okay. Yeah, that that I've that, that's something I've heard. Yeah, that yeah. It is essentially a Christ analog. So, yeah. Okay. So I see. Yeah, I hadn't actually looked up anything on it, but it. I suppose. Yeah, it seemed like he was something like that. Yeah. Um and, and they did make it very clear that that was the case, but. Yeah, I just I, I just didn't like the way it's done, and I, I've come to the realization that I don't like Aronofsky. I, I yeah, like, well, that, that, I think Pie was. Pie is still probably my top of his yes it is but it is very pretentious art house but it's just that part that it is pretentious art house but I like it well it's, I think it, it's, it's only done just... very well yeah I think also there is a thing I always try and tout it up to 
like we were saying about like the lack of explanation mm-hmm. and things like that. I like lack of explanation if I feel the filmmaker knows. Yeah. If I feel that they've thought it out in their head mm. and they either withhold stuff or even just through, you know, especially sort of like when movies used to be just cut to shit by the censors and things like that. Yeah. That the answers were there or if you cornered the director, they could just go, oh, it's this, this and this. Mm. But I don't. But I agree with you. I think it just is pretentious bullshit. If you go and it's like, well, you know, I just thought it was cool if like the lights changed then. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's like, right, well, fuck off then. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, you've obviously come to this with less fucking interest than I have. Uh, yeah, and I, thought, <laughs> and I think that's what I felt from again trying and uh, trying not to spoil it. But that that when it all comes to a head at the end and it does all happen so quickly, mm. that was that was the thing. If they'd made if that had all taken more time if that last section hadn't happened in that real time as it were of 20 minutes or whatever and that had been over the course of a week that everything had gone to shit and gone chaos maybe I could understand it but the fact that it was just one minute there's some people in the front garden and then how the film ended and I was like no I don't I just I don't I don't know. I just didn't like it. I like like you said, Adam. I just felt that he'd gone. Oh, this would be really good. Let's just chuck it all in so that mm. everything just completely disintegrates t- and turns to an entire world of chaos yeah. in fifteen minutes, it's, as if it were happening in that time frame. And it just I don't. I so just I'm, didn't like I'm trying it. to remember. It's a bit like the dream ends. excuse. Mm. It's a bit like the dream excuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's like, oh well, if it was all a dream, then anything weird and wacky could happen, and it's like, oh, piss off. You yeah, know, just put, <laughs> you know, give me, give me reasons, give me facts. I don't care if you don't tell me sod all. Do it silently. Yeah. But as long as I can get, yeah. as long as I feel that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Then yeah. Yeah, and I just didn't feel that he did necessarily. So so uh, you know, as Danny was saying with the point of it. Yeah, once you look at it that way, you go, oh, yeah, it makes sense that it follows the, the story of Jesus, as it were. But the the way that he did it, I thought, was very... It was just too art house and mm. too... So it's funny, I mean, I lack of can't substance. say I've watched anything that I know of that's art house, but I totally don't get that experience at all no? from any of his stuff. Because it, it just seems like it's not so obscure or so... Pi um, and... Abstract that it's... Well, Pie ends, and spoiler alert for a film that's now, what, 25 <laughs> years old, um, uh, with self trepanning. Because, like, drilling a hole in his head. Because mm. it basically, everyone wants the ability that he's got to number crunch, to create the thing, and everything else like that. So he, just, of... so he disarms himself. Mm. He mm. takes the firing pin out of his head. Out of his head by removing his ability to do maths. And but what? Just... But didn't he do that because it was so painful for yeah. him? Yeah, but it's sort of like it's all part of the same thing because it's driven on by the stress of the numerology group who are after him, the stock market yeah. people, Clint Mansell beating him up in a <laughs> subway. Um, yeah, so I just didn't really. And as I said, I find that a lot. It was the same with Black Swan to some degree, as I remember. Like I could, I could see what he was putting across. But I just didn't particularly enjoy the way it was done, unfortunately. So, so is he religious? Because all of the films seem to have a religious aspect. Like, Pyre does have 
it may be it, of it with it, the group. Uh, it may be his upbringing. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, but did, did it, he, he did know her as well? Did he? Yeah, he did actually. And yeah. So I'm assuming that's fairly. So religious. he might have a, <laughs> from... a, a, heavy, a fairly heavy Christian upbringing, yeah. whether that's Catholic or yeah, so on. But yeah. I can can can't tell if he's trying to get that across in a positive way, as if it you know, it's he it, likes it or not. It may just be that it's that you end up with archetypes that you because mm. he may have even got to the end of it and just gone oh yeah it's Jesus isn't it <laughs> but sort of like you know by the process of making it he might not have I don't think he sat out one day with a blank piece of paper and said should we do Jesus but with that bloke from No Country for Old Men <laughs> it, yeah uh, yeah so so you have to watch it Adam so we can yeah, discuss it more of course yeah mm. um, but yeah. I did not Particularly enjoyed, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah, um, but so that's his most recent film, is that it's 2017. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so I, well, I'm interested to see what it comes out with next. The but question yeah, is, is does it feature the song by Danzig? No, it doesn't. Well, that's no, a bloody missed opportunity. Cl- Fader credits the end, mother. Yeah, see, that would have that would have <laughs> sold Lee. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'd, he knows what you're doing now. Yeah, I'd have totally changed my mind at that point. <laughs> I'd have gone right, it's all about the misfits. I love it, um, <laughs> but it did not. Um, Adam, have you watched anything else? Or uh, no, I think I, I think that was pretty much everything I've seen. And I've started watching Fishing with John, which is the uh, the composer John Lurie uh, going around with various people. Uh, he doesn't know how to fish, and he invites people to go fishing with him. And basically, it just goes out from there. And one of them, he goes like uh, Jim Jarmusch, like the film director. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Matt Dillon. Uh, best episode so far is definitely Tom Waits because yeah, Tom he... Waits has got the ump. Oh, really? Yeah. It, if anything, it plays out like if you imagine not for everyone go fishing, <laughs> how Adam would be pissed off at Bobby for taking him fishing. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. Yeah, it's good. Um, I've started a film, but I didn't get to finish it, unfortunately, because we were going out. Um, a film called Hagazusa. It's a Finnish film, and uh, the but you said you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll put a drum roll in there for you. Um, yeah, the the tagline is a heathen's curse. All right. So okay. uh, it looks to me to be a perfect um, double feature to go along with the witch. Of oh, cool. The first twenty minutes that I've seen so far is very much that. It's all in German. Nice. Um, but. There's very little talking in it, to be honest. Um, mm. it, it's, a, it's a lot of time, what I've seen so far, just spent in a cabin. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. It's very dark and slow going. It's a f- cinematography nice. and everything. The shooting, because I believe it is actually shot in, in Finland, so it's all shot in the snow out in the middle of the forest. Mm. Um, yeah, and it just looks absolutely amazing. So I am glad to sit and watch it. Even with little speaking and not much going on, just because it looks absolutely amazing. Subtitles. Yeah, yeah, I've got subtitles on. Yeah. See, I think if it's, if something, I think that's the point. If something can hold, just on a visual level, hmm. you know, I mean, that's the thing. Cinema's a visual medium. There should be as little talking as possible, really. It is, and I, I, you know, I've got guilty pleasure films that I watch that I know are awful films, but I watch them because they, they look, look visually stunning. So I'm happy to sit through, you know. Aeon Flux mm. knowing that it's a dreadful film but I just like how shiny it is exactly. so it's yeah. fine 
Um, okay, so I think we've put it off for long enough. <laughs> I think we're going to have to bite the bullet and talk about uh, Kill List. The mighty Kill List. Chris, you looked suitably um, disturbed at the Shell end of shot. that film. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> for, for a film about PTSD, in a way, gives you PTSD. Yeah, well, it achieves yeah something. You get a real seriously. insight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let let me rewind back to um to what I was trying to think of at the end. Um, did did I definitely understand it? I sort of need to work that out, I suppose. <laughs> now, um, now, the director and writer... Uh, it's Ben Wheatley who directed ben, it, and it's him yeah. and his wife, Amy Jump, who wrote it. Okay, so remind me of everything else that we've come across that he's done. Um, we've, well, weirdly enough, I mean, he's, he's executive producer on... I think he's executive producer on... Um, uh, no, he's not actually. It's just the same company that this is. It's his company, Rook Films, made mm, Prevenge. Prevenge, yeah. Okay. Um, so there's that element. But I mean, he did. He's done Sightseers, Down mm. Terrace, A Field in England, which we'll come to later because that's kind of a prequel um, to Kill List, uh, High Rise, Free Fire, Happy New Year, Colin Bursted, um, the Ufer Unearth segment in the ABCs of Death. Then he's the executive. Uh, executive producer on the Ghoul, ah, which turns up a lot mm. in our conversations. Uh, Tank Four Three Two, Greasy Strangler. Um, on TV, he did a couple of. He did the first two Peter Capaldi episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, he's doing something at the moment called Strange Angel that I really want to see because it's about Jack Whiteside Parsons, the guy who pioneered rocketry but was also heavily into Crowley yes. and rituals and stuff like that. Oh, I know the fellow. Um, and he also did a, a shot uh, two series of Ideal um, but he also did a, a sketch show called The Wrong Door which was kind of where most of the cast of Kill List come from because oh, they, okay. all, they all first appeared in that so Neil Maskell, Myanna Burring and uh, Michael Smiley so Jay, Shell and Gal were all in various sketches on The Wrong Door, okay. which came out, um, oh, I don't think I got it down, but it, um, that was sort of like the early 2000s, but a lot of that was um, CGI enhanced and stuff like that. Like, Myanna Burring's character is uh, plays a recurring character of everyone goes on about, oh, Christ, her boyfriend's really old, isn't he? Oh, I hope he's not going to be a wanker like Mark was. And then uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex turns up. <laughs> And she just treats him like a slightly dickhead boyfriend, but he's like eating people and smashing the place up and everything. And you always do this. <laughs> and yeah, it's. And, but um, and Neil Maskell turns up quite a lot in there. But Michael Smiley is part of an, an, an entire episode that's about train pirates. And the train pirates are former commuters who decide to have taken over a train and just raid other trains. It's a bit like um, the Crimson Permanent assur Insurance at the start of The Meaning oh, of Life yeah, on Python. Yeah. But yeah, Michael Smiley's one of the crew, and the captain of the pirate train is Brian Blessed. Oh, wow. And yeah, so that's, that is that is definitely worth a watch. But I mean, all his... I mean, I, lo I love... I mean, I just love Ben Wheatley. That's why we're doing it for my birthday. Well, I, I don't know if I love him or hate him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the toss. Oh, it's... But... 
I was just going to say, um, tell me if I've misunderstood any of the film. So let's see if Go I'm on. actually giving it, uh, you know, uh, an accurate... Give it, yeah, give it a brief so, run through for for our audience who've okay. not seen Kill Lester. You should have done, and yeah. we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So, so, so I thought he is being manipulated, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it, so all the way through he's doing these hit jobs, and the people are saying thank you, yeah, yeah. So that is setting you up for you thinking why why would they be doing that, mm. and he is also thinking that, yeah, um, and. Yeah, so so he he kills different seemingly random people. Yeah, because there's the lit that there's the the kill list yeah. is the priest, the librarian, uh, the librarian and the MP. Yeah, mm. but obviously with the librarian, it goes it somewhat extracurricular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did think um, at the point when the Irish guy is telling you you're being a bit crazy. You probably need to question at that point. Well, Maybe I think, I'm going a bit far. I think Michael Smiley does give off... Uh, he just gives off a bit of a nutter vibe. Mm. Yeah, but so he is nothing in the same league as yeah, hammering people to death and, yeah. Yeah, that, and that like, was tearing scene. apart a fucking construction site. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, um, yeah and uh, I've, I've mentioned it many times that it's still one of... And it, it still gets me every time I see it. I say every time. Same, same like here. The second actually, time. Yeah. How they managed to have the scene where he's talking to the guy, and in a single shot, he's talking to them. He puts his hand on his shoulder, he leans him on the table, he picks up that claw hammer and just goes at his head. Yeah. And I cannot see how they replaced that person for a dummy or how they did it. It just looks absolutely unbelievable. But this is something that Ben Wheatley really honed, has honed a skill on, is in terms of editing. Because that's literally, people say to him, oh, how did you do that? Is there a trick to it and everything else like that? He literally just says it's editing. And it is just controlling it so you don't get the jump or you don't get the change yeah. that would normally occur. I mean, obviously, we know like old sci-fi and sort of, you know, old TV and things like that, where it'd be like, oh, someone disappears, but the camera's wobbled, so it moves slightly. Yeah, or you, yeah. you, you, know, you know where the jump is, hence jump cut, but... Yeah. In that, he just, yeah, he's got such a technique down for doing it, which was actually him and a guy called, um, oh, what's his name? Because he's, he's one of the Christians that they, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they have a go at. He's the one singing, um, Robin Hill, that's it, who um, was the star of uh, his first film because he's a mate of his and they like, he's also in Borderlands. You know the guy with the glasses in Borderlands? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. And oh, he was okay. like, um, so him and like, but they used to do a thing on the internet called The Amazing Wizards or something like that. Hmm. And basically, you've probably seen this one where it's a guy runs out into the road, jumps over a car yeah. as it comes forward, as it drives along, hmm. jumps over the car. And then as he's walking back, another car just slams into him and yes. kills him. That is Ben Wheatley oh, and, and Rob Hill. Yeah, that's them doing this. Uh, they they used to. And but again, it's the it's just how much the editing's gone into it. And it's like so he honed his skills doing little YouTube videos mm. and things like that. Yeah. And then it's again just by the time he got the kill list, it's like oh yeah, I can I'm like I can I, yeah. punch someone's head in because yeah. it doesn't it 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 is it feels one take. Yeah. 
it has a cut in there somewhere but yeah. it does feel like one take it's really really good and yeah. it's again it's also I suppose it's like matching your props to your actors and things like that because mm. there's a lot of stuff I mean when I've seen like um, sort of behind the scenes stuff on high rise and sightseers and things like that there's a lot that goes on in that and like the model work that goes on in it and the, the effects work that goes on in it it's impeccable I mean it's mm. like you could not tell the difference between you know they, it's not the old sort of dummies like a dummy falls out of a window and its arms are flopping all yeah. over the place or whatever like that you know it sort of everything looks Right, real, yeah. yeah. It look, but even he, some of it almost made me think of documentary type. Like, so he's really good at showing almost mundane and really getting yeah. into you know as if this is really going on. Yeah, mm. and and then it fits with the actual yeah the results. I think that's why I find it this film so uncomfortable. Mm, yeah, it's because the obviously it's more than you would generally say. But the idea of being at a party, you know, a dinner party, and yeah, the couple yeah. start arguing mm. there on couple. Oh, yeah, Obviously, it goes ridiculous. Yeah. Curiously enough, I still find that the most horrible bit is him and Shell at that dinner party. Yeah. That beats the hammer. <laughs> that beats, you know, sort of like the knife in the hand, the and, guts and hanging out or any of that. That is just so... And when he tries to get Gal's car keys as well, like how quickly yeah. that turns from two mates messing about to, to really trying yeah. to attack each other. Yeah. And it's and they do it a few times. Like, you know, they do say they're best friends. They kick the shit out of but, each other. Yeah, but he, he has got serious anger issues though, isn't it? And is that, yeah. So he is meant to have PTSD from it's, something previously. It's the, well, but, they're both... So, he, but, so who's the Irish guy? Michael Smiley or Gal? Yeah, Gal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, he definitely doesn't seem quite as you extreme. Get, you get the impression that it's affected them. It's clearly affected them, but both in different ways. Mm. Gal just is really sort of almost like sort of he's depressed. It's almost you yeah. know, he because because there's a lot of that goes on, especially where you sort of like it's like you realise that he is. Not ju- envious of Gal, in yeah. so much as it's look, look, you've got a beautiful wife, mm. you've got a kid. This, I would love this. Yeah. yeah. So when, when, when why are you, after? Yeah. Boy. Why are you pissing this down the drain? Mm. Why yeah. are you fucking this up? Because, like you say, that, he goes and really looks shows. After, yeah. Yeah. He looks after the he looks after the son, and then he makes them make up. Mm. Yeah. And it's not just, and it clearly is not just purely about. I want to go and do this job and get us working yeah, again. Yeah. There mm. is more. There is more mm. to it. It just clearly. He's like, look, this is right, and yeah, and but then so, but then Jay is just angry. Yeah. But also, I mean, I I I read sort of like a few bits. Uh, well, I've read a lot about it anyway, but um, but I read a few bits coming up to it, and someone, uh, I think it might have even been Ben Wheatley, because Ben Wheatley is quite open, which is quite nice. When you look into stuff, he will say no, or yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, when people are, rather than the sort of like, well, that's for you to decide. Is it yeah, this? Yeah, you know, he's quite annoying. sort of, well, my intention was, no, it's meant to be this. Yeah. Um, and one of the things he puts it is he said it's almost like it's basically Jay is pretty childish and pretty selfish. Mm-hmm. And all the way through it, there's an element of, oh, look, just leave me alone. Mm. And by the end of it, he's achieved that. Yeah. Because he is alone. Because he's killed Gal, he's killed Shell, he's killed the son. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, well, you've got what you wanted. You're not being bothered anymore. 
Mm. You are now the wicked King Wicker. You are now this. Yeah. You are now this sort of idol to this cult of idiots who'll do whatever you want. Yeah. So this brings me back to their purpose mm. because the people that he's killing are saying thank you. So they were part of the cult. They are clear. It's because they. What's the term he uses? Reconstruction. Yeah. That guy, the 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 sort of main guy, who has that lovely feel of a boiled ham has got eyebrows <laughs> um, and yeah he he terms it reconstruction yeah which is one of those because reconstruction was the term used about it, it's been used a lot politically in terms of like like the rebuilding after um, rebuilding after the second world war mm. and also reconstruction was used in terms of Basically, like the eighties, the seventies and eighties, where they're changing everything from nationalised to privatised and yeah, things yeah. like that, and that was all reconstruction. But even that, it can just be: is this you do? You kill the same people who were killed years ago to form like it's like a ritual that has yeah. to take place. So you kill a priest, you kill an archivist, and you kill a man in power or something like that. Yeah. You know, and that's maybe that's what the sort of term reconstruction means is that it's like, oh, we every so often this cult goes through this ritual, yeah, and we we watch someone and we find someone who's just right for it, mm. which is clearly, you know, basically someone really fucked up. So, so the bit that I perhaps I don't quite get at the moment is like, why did they want to end up with him having done that and joining them? See that again. So is that is one of the things that is left. that is you're left unclear. Mm, okay. He's basically achieved. He becomes he because the way, especially the way the librarian talks to him, it's almost like he's he's clearly picked out as special. Yeah. And I don't know if they are intending to weaponize him. Is he going to be then the cult's enforcer? Mm. Or something like that, because it's now right. This this guy is utterly devoid. He yeah, has no yeah. he has no There's connections, no yeah, anything or anything like else. Yeah. And but we and also we know what he can do. Yeah, we know he okay. can kill. We know he can kill quite happily. Oh, it, do you know what it is? <laughs> Shared universe. Yeah, this group is the group from Utopia. They've set yeah. him up. <laughs> he becomes Arby. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Don't put a gas away. Where it is could Jessica be. Hyde? Where is Jessica Hyde? But yeah, exactly. It, it almost feels that sort of that that could be the possibility that you mm. you you he's yeah a very you, useful asset. Yeah, yeah, he's a useful mm. asset, but at Once the moment he is from his own. I mean, it's obvious because there's the whole thing about Kiev, mm. which is what happened in Kiev, and there's again someone said something quite interesting. There is one like little throwaway line in it. Where someone says he says, "Oh, um, oh, I thought you'd be all right killing a priest," and he said, "Well, it's better than a toddler." Yes. and it makes you wonder how, what happened in Kiev. Was it innocence got killed? Oh, that was it a, a sort of in Bruges type, yeah, situation mm. maybe where something something because let's face it, they're not really neither Gal or Shell or Jay. They're running a hitman business, so they're not really squeamish no mm. and they've been in the army and okay you can you can take from that like the PTSD side of things and things yeah. like that but again there's clearly nothing they've seen a lot of shit yeah so Kiev had to be bad yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And again, they keep coming back to it, and it's like, oh, and the the group seems to be interested in him because of Kiev. Yeah. Because they say, oh, look, they've got pictures of us at the priest's house, they've got pictures of Kiev. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so is this when Jay popped on their radar that, oh, right, we've got this... Yeah, this potential. Potential whatever, this assassin, this killing machine. Or even if it's just he's something that... It, could it be Slaughter of the Innocents? Could we go back to, like, Halloween 3? Yeah. Where it's like, Jay now, probably you can just, he, you know, he is yeah. just going to be... Do anything. Uh, yeah. But it is very interesting. One of the things I noticed this time that I hadn't spotted before, yet, was when they, when, um, when Michael Smiley's got that dossier that yeah. he finds that's got all the photographs and things yeah. in it, and there's what looks like a kind of brass rubbing of like an old medieval knight, like a yeah. nice Templar type thing. There's uh, something about that. that do you know what I spotted of... this time round, which I've never noticed before, and that is definitely because of your projector. The symbol painted on the outside of the folder. No. The guy, the old boy who's like hiring them, yeah. he's got Templar fucking cufflinks. Mm. Oh, really? White heraldic shield shapes mm. with just the George Cross on them. I noticed um, um, Jay's front door as well. The glass in his front door is, uh, is George Cross. Oh, is it? I've yeah. never noticed it before. Yeah, it's like a flower, mm. white glass. It's, it's clear glass with a big red cross on either wow. side with a flower yeah. in the middle, which I've never noticed before. So, yeah, I do wonder if there's a Templar-type... Um, what, so what would be... Like, why would that be an element of it? Well, the Knights Templar is just... It's it's probably, like, the most old-school, certainly... I mean, the only thing that would say it might be not... May, couldn't, may not be Knights Templar is because how um, Fiona is... When she's like, oh, well, I've never understood the trouble in Ireland because it's all just Christianity, isn't it? Mm. True. And is that is that a cultist... Because she's obviously in. Yeah. And is that a cultist dismissal where it's like, oh, these stupid young religions... Yeah, exactly. You know, is it something older? older. Yeah. yeah. But also, you've got uh, a field in England, mm. which a lot of people, including Ben Wheatley, have sort of said about being a prequel in so much as the events of a field in England lead to the cult being created I might re-watch a field in England I remember not particularly enjoying it but uh, but again I think because I was expecting because I'd seen Sightseers yeah and the trailer for a field in England made it look like it was going to be way more comedy especially with the actors who were in yeah. it I was expecting it to be more comedy than it was oh actually. definitely I think because I think the first half is the comedic half and then it goes Oddly enough, as Michael Smiley comes into it, is when it becomes more horror-based and yeah. more more psychedelic and more sort of. But basically, the plot of the field in England is it's just the end of the uh, towards the end of the English Civil War, so it would be a Christian society. Yeah. So the cult could still come from the Knights Templar because the Knights Templar predate that. Yeah. By centuries, and uh, yeah, basically, um, a, f- a man who e- a man escapes from uh, this battle who is played by Reece Shearsmith, and he is searching for an occultist called O'Neill, who uh, has stolen some magical artefacts from his master. Um, and then he goes and finds... Uh, basically, a, f- a whole group of them are sort of conscripted in into helping them find O'Neill. Um, and O'Neill is played by Michael Smiley. And mm-hmm. so there's people saying, oh, it, the link is Gal is either a descendant of him 
a projection of him yeah um or you know something along those lines which is where it sort of resonates through mm. but where's the I did write it down yeah Ben Wheatley's said uh Killiston a field in England they all fit in the same world the field in a field in England has all the straw that ends up in the masks in Killlist Killlist is the end game of a field in England mm. so it kind of you know there might be but again this was something that I think originally people brought to him yeah and were saying about and again it is just basically well, Michael Smiley's in both of them. <laughs> yeah, but Tony Way's in most of his other films, so is that the same guy resonating through history or not? You know, yeah. it's sort of. But I mean, I think I think you would dig a, a field in England because it starts off funny and then just trips its ass yes. off. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really does. Hmm. Um, yeah, and that, and that's the thing with this. I know I've said before how much I dislike it. I don't dislike it because I don't think it's a good film. Mm. I think what it sets out to do, it, it does, does it great, and that's mm. the bit you don't like. But I don't yeah. enjoy that, that type process. Of thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, I appreciate you doing it for my birthday. Thank you. That's darling. all right. I'm more than happy to. Um, however, I have had a think, and I am not happy to watch the, 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 the uh, please hug me thing again. Oh, I've, that's fair. Yeah, I've had another think about it, and I thought, no, it's definitely not close enough to horror. Yeah, and I'm not going to put myself in that. that in that case, Chris, your homework yeah, is go and watch Don't Hug Me. I'm scared, and tell me, <laughs> oh my god, how well they've managed to capture children's television and, and the black breath of nightmare on the mm. soul of your body. It okay. definitely is that. But if you thought you were miserable after killing, yeah. you have no idea how much <laughs> that's going to ruin your weekend. Um. Yeah, so so it's the 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 oppressive atmosphere that they design mm. to set up that they do brilliant just through the horrible uncomfortable dynamic of those people. Mm, yeah. So so it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. But it's, it's not just, for it's not yeah, for it's me. not for you. It's much the same. I I totally understand. It's like it's like when musicals aren't for you. You yeah. can sit there and go, well, that's well done and it's yeah. an amazing production number. But sorry, no, not for me. I don't enjoy. Yeah, that's what, and. And that's the thing. I think. I think it is too dark for me, which I know, considering how much I love horror, but I, I, yeah, I but love it in the tongue-in-cheek. It's degrees of horror, hmm. and I think that's the thing. Is this? I think I like I like dark stuff anyway, hmm. whether it's horror or not. I yeah. like a lot of crime stuff, um, depressing biopics, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. I like a lot. Of, so again, it's kind of my flavour. But I, I I don't think that it's I don't think that it's it's like saying that I think is like saying oh you know with horror oh it should be blood and guts wall to wall doesn't have to be no no absolutely that doesn't mean it's horror it no. means it's a gore film I mean if you tell if you tell me a film's gory and there's no blood in it you can piss off yeah but it's not doesn't it does not a horror film make and I don't think a horror I think that's the point a horror film it's such an expansive genre yeah. In that it has room for all this stuff. It has room for art house. It has room for bleak, sort of almost kitchen sink drama, which this kind of is yeah. before you get into the. And even the cult stuff. I mean, a lot of that apparently comes from like Ben Wheatley's nightmares, like the stuff in the tunnels and things like that. Mm, is really. Yeah. I, one of the things I did notice this time as well, watching it, um, because it was during the day, so we had the sound ramped right up, is the really sparing use of the surround sound. So mm. the rear and side speakers, uh, and, and there was it was all focused very heavily. Um, there wasn't a lot of the, like the musical cues were quite subtle and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah. only about like there's only about twenty minutes of music in the whole film. Yeah, it is, it is quite a, an unusual sort of sounds and 
soundscape music that they use. It's a bit it the witch. Very, yeah, it is, actually, yeah. there is a lot of that similar sort of thing. Yeah. And that really does help to add to the unease. It does, yeah. And then when they got into the tunnels, and then all of a sudden, it, the sound, it was putting the sound out mm. through all of it, so that you could hear suddenly, the footsteps yeah. behind you and the mm. gunshots going off to your left and right. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job of, of holding all of that off Mm. and just using the front sound until you're that in that tunnel. That makes it very effective. Yeah, and yeah. putting so much bass in it as well. Do like you know what that really... bass is, though? You know that sort of wub that's yeah. going on in that? I found out what that was the other week, and I, it's, it was a combination of joy and disappointment for me. <laughs> it's basically the shark equivalent of whale song. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've put that noise in it. Now, I looked I look this up. Mm. And like basically, sharks don't have the ability to make noise. Mm. Like they don't have the equipment to vocalise. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a thing that they emit that is kind of like, "Come on, boys, there's good eating." Oh, really? It's almost like a call to arms. It's like a, it's like a low frequency, and it's not all sharks. It's just a certain a particular uh, type or breed. Mm. Only trouble is, is that I was like. Wow, that's fucking amazing. That's got to be really creepy and horrible. I really want to hear that. Yeah, Google fucking shark song. Because <laughs> all you're going to get is baby pissing shark, yes, aren't you? Of course you and are. that was it. It was like, oh. why did I not know this two fucking <laughs> years ago? Because I'd have fucking looked at it up then and I'd have got it. But now, yeah, there's no open hell of, you know. It's like when I changed my name to Roswell Diana Conspiracy. So no one can ever find me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that. That is, yeah, that's sort of like that's in there as well. And it, again, the guy who does the sound design, who's always with Ben Wheatley, is a guy called Martin Pavey. Mm. And there's like that reversed sort of gong sound that turns up in there. Yeah, is also in a field in England. So oh, again, wow. it's sort of there's a lot that sort of goes between the two films. Mm. And but yeah, I think. I think also just yeah the the most brutal bit for this is for me is that opening like dinner, dinner party, party. <laughs> everything after that is almost shits and giggles because of how fucking horrible that is cuz it's one of those things cuz you just you feel particularly Fiona yeah. Which is because at that point you don't, you don't know, know that yeah. what's going on or anything else like so when she's just sort of sat there still holding the glass yeah. and for ages and I... then gently puts it down. But there's something a little bit odd about her from the start, yeah. though. Yeah. So, I'd, yeah, it's like, how, does she, how is she going to fit into this? And then they do give you the hint when she draws on the back of the mirror. Yeah. Um, that's something. But I'd, she picked up the tissue. I didn't quite get that tissue. It's, blood it's, on it. it's got it, Jay's imagine. blood on it, but you don't know right, for okay. what nefarious purposes that okay. is. Yeah. But it's kind of. It kind of all works because I, I, yeah. again, I quite like the I quite like the obscurity of the occult in this. Yeah, yeah, I do. In that it's that sort of because I mean I think genuinely the only film that I think that's been explicit about the occult and has done it well is a dark song. That's really the only one where mm, it's like I agree. You know yeah. where it's like right. This is exactly what we're doing, and it's preci- and it's right. You know, there's no sort of like, there's no bullshitting. There's no nothing made up in a way. Yeah. It's all sort of there. But I think a lot of the time, occult stuff is better as a set of like little hints and things. Mm. You know, because you, again, occult. It's the the term occult means hidden. Yeah. So it should be yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so also, what was the 
when, on his body, he had marks at one point. Oh, from the that, that was that was from his hands. That was sepsis from his right. hands. Yeah. Okay, but that sort of, that went away. Well, it does. It, it, well, you don't really know because it doesn't. Oh, well, yeah, mind you, when they strip him to the waist, yeah. he hasn't got it at the end. So, so I didn't know he was that's... taking antibiotics or okay, something. Yeah. You saw him sitting there with a bottle, didn't you? Yeah. But I think that's painkillers because because remember because yeah. he's taking them at the right at the start when he keeps moaning about his back. Yeah. And but also that. Um, the doctor is one of the cultists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end, well, one of the masks comes yeah. off, and it's yeah. The yeah, and, there. and I really liked that doctor bit because yeah, you realise you know it's yeah. it's a standing doctor. Um, but yeah, and and what he says to him, it, um, the Buddhist. Um, yeah, there's no yeah, the there's past, no past is gone. The past is gone. The future isn't here. Yeah, yet. there is literally only now. Mm. And again. That is, is setting that, him up for the yeah. end, where right, that is now. I'll just live in this new. You are now, ju- yeah, yeah. You are now just an empty vessel. Mm. You are now just yeah, absolutely uh, no attachment yeah. to anything before or after. Yeah. It's so yeah, it, yeah. I thought that was great. But I think that um, I think overall, uh, I just I I also just like I think there's a sort of sparseness to it mm. that you don't you know it lets you work out what's going on. Yeah, and you don't really again, it's not. Amadome, you don't really need to go for it. Yeah. And also, the one thing I would say is that it is a, a spit in the eye for Tarantino sort of friendly gangsters, where it's like, hey, <laughs> gangsters are hip, cool <laughs> people to hang around with, yeah. and everybody else like that. And it's like, no, he's it, man. Probably, he's a cunt. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's funny because I, I, I did, I, I did get that last time as well. As much as you hate Jay and yeah. everything he does and everything he stands for. You are on his side when he goes to the librarian and he goes, mm. I'm going to go and kill these other people. I don't yeah. care that I'm not getting paid for it. Yeah. Somebody needs to kill these people. And he just goes off in his own time and does yeah. it. And but, like, you, are, you you do kind of think, well, he's, he has got a... Mo- considering he's a hitman, he yeah. has got a moral I'm, compass see, in there somewhere. See, the only thing I think with that is, though, I don't know that that is morality exactly for you to then go and torture people because of what they've done. Like that doesn't seem like morality. It seems like an animal instinct that I hate how that's made me feel. So therefore, I'm now going to inflict massive amounts of uh, as much pain as possible. Like, is it, you're not actually improving the well-being of anybody by well, doing no, but, that. But it is a mechanical fact because at that point he is torturing him to find out where the other people yeah. involved. Yeah, but he would happily torture. Yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah. Because but, that but makes you, him feel better. But you say that, but the fact that he kills those people, they are not making those films anymore. So whatever was yeah, going yeah, on but, that but we you didn't don't see, need to torture they're them. not doing that. In, like you could just well, wipe them out. I don't, I don't think he tortures the first guy. It looks like he literally oh, okay. just walks in and shoots him in yeah. the face. Oh, the other guy, when he he's is smashing the his guy, face against yeah, the wall. See, see, seemed, th- you know, he could have done that in a much quicker way. Yeah. So, so I just, I just think that is him. Um, you know that he wants that to feel good. Mm. It is a, it, well. That's what Gal. That's how Gal reacts to it. It is like, oh, well, that's really professional. Yeah, you know, he's like, no, you've gone off. Yeah. You've gone off, piste. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You're, you're becoming a liability, really. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Weirdly enough, do you know what the best thing would the, the way you can solve the problems of everyone in Kill List, in a way, is Shell and Gal should go out. As hit people, because yeah. she is fucking yeah, deadly with yeah. her fucking gun. Oh, I thought exactly the they same. They should go, and Jay could stay at home and look after the kid, because <laughs> the kid would just love it, because it'd just be ice cream yeah. for tea every day and fucking around in the garden. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Jay's that's better suited for him rather than going out and getting like fucking wound up by pornographers and stuff. You know? Is, yeah, I did think that as well when she went outside with that gun. I was like, 
Well, now Gail's dead. At least she's, he's got a stand-in as his, uh, mm. his other half. She could definitely take care of it. So yeah, I think it was sort of like I think that's a missed opportunity there. That needs that they could have <laughs> got me in as management consultant. You know, I'd, I'd have looked at that and said, well, you know, it's not quite working that way. But I wouldn't have sacked anyone, so I'm still not as bad as Fiona. <laughs> yeah. So for all the reasons then that you didn't like it, I loved it <laughs> because because I you know to be honest, that's much the same as my review. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like I have a sense that I should even if these things are difficult force myself to you know think about these sort of situations that are so extreme and yet I suppose it's because it shows a reality and some of these things go on in life I think you know it's it's good to really think about it they do but I take more of an idea more of a stance that horrible things happen in the world whether or not I know about them if I know about them Mm. it ruins my day if I don't know about them it's not like it's going to happen more if I know about it. So therefore, there's no point in me being upset if I can't have control over it. Like, like you know, like you say, it is. It's you know, it's that watching those people have a horrible relationship. There are lots of people out there who have that relationship, regardless yeah. of whether or not I sit and think about what horrible situation it'd be. So why ruin my day if I can't do anything about? I can't yeah. go and split up all the people having horrible relationships. I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. You know, you may not take exactly direct action to help resolve any of those issues. But yeah, I, I do feel like that, um, you know, I suppose like history, um, the more you know about it, the more everybody knows about it, the mm. more likely we may be to not repeat it. Although that may not be true. <laughs> well, I think, uh, if anything, I think Hill List teaches you the horrors of reconstruction, mm. you know. Well... Is this because that's something I would like to do though? If you watch a field in England again, mm. try and see if everyone follows any archetypes there, like priest, librarian, MP, or something yeah. like that. I don't think they do, to be honest. I, but I, but I, it would I, be a, just a nice thought. So. I think I am going to rewatch it, to be honest, because yeah. I do think it needs a rewatch it now that I know what to expect from yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and today's been ruined now, so I might watch it. Might as well. <laughs> Trip balls off. That's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Just get mellowy into it and then be... Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, so I think on that note, we should uh, wrap up for the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, we will see you all again in a fortnight's time uh, for... <laughs> Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil the Dead. film heading towards... That's going to be a bit more... Light-hearted, that's isn't a it? lot more light. Yeah, yes, a hell. Of, well, even the first Evil Dead is not the comedy one, but boy, does it make this. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely it's, it's, it's no kill list. I have I have one last fact that I would oh. like to drop just before we go. Yes, um, the silver Vauxhall Astra that they're driving around in it. Yeah, Rook Films auctioned that off, and it was signed on the bumper by. Ben Wheatley and Amy Jump <laughs> and I was that far if I'd have had the money Ooh. I'd have fucking bought that and then I couldn't that's the weird thing I couldn't even find the transaction like oh, really? showing up anymore yeah because weirdly enough what they did on Rook Films' website is they had like av- they had their shop and it was like available to buy a poster the next thing available to buy Vauxhall Astro <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, what? 
and then it went back to MP3 of the soundtrack. <laughs> but the Vox Orchestra was still sitting in there. But you know, maybe they were just getting far too many offers, having it it sold out. So yeah, <laughs> limited quantity of one. So sorry to interrupt there, sir. No, 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 definitely. That's excellent. Um, yes. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, please feel free to message us below or email us at info at welcometohorror.com. Uh, and other than that, we will see you in a fortnight's time for a much happier film when we watch Evil Dead. <laughs> see you all later. Good night. Good night. Good night. I don't know why I wave. Every time I wave at the fucking recorder. Yeah, because you're being polite to the recorder.